Welcome to Straight Talk Wealth, heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. with your experts on all aspects of wealth accumulation, preservation, and income planning guaranteed to last a lifetime. And now, from the American Legacy Solutions Studios in Ventura, California, the host of Straight Talk Wealth, Bruce Whitey, on News Talk 1590 KBTA. It's not that early. It's 10 o'clock. Hey, <laughs> welcome to another uh, episode of Straight Talk Wealth Radio. I'm your host, Bruce Whitey. We are here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on 1590 KVTA in Ventura. Hey, um, so uh, one of the ways I really find out what you guys want to hear about, what you want to discuss is by the reaction that comes in uh to us weekly when we give things away and how many people call and whether the interest level is high or low on these things uh today i'm gonna stand back and talk about boy it's a very economics talk but i think you're gonna really like it i think it's very pertinent uh we're gonna talk today about i'm gonna go back to inflation and deflation but we're gonna put an accent on this uh why do people buy so much gold what's the purpose of gold what are they protecting it from? We're going to go back to what are they protecting their values from by buying gold? And I'm not telling you not to. I'm not trying to take a stance, but we're going to have an interview today that was done actually a few years ago, but was very, very uh, insightful with uh, Harry S. Dent. It was a one-on-one with him, but I'm kind of bringing it up to date. So we're going to talk about the potential great gold bust or talk about why is there a gold bubble and and what pushes that? Like why, just why do people go there, okay? So I'm not trying to necessarily say don't. I just wanna say why, because I think people go there for sometimes a lot of the wrong reasons. And I wanna help you understand why people do that and don't. Now, that's also relative to where they do that that's fitting and where it's not fitting and what should you be doing instead so the issue of gold and why people go into gold goes back to earlier issues of where the money supply of the country what it's going to look like and where it's headed and that question is a question of inflation or deflation in terms of where you think gold's going. And if you haven't decided, and this is really irks me, is when I ask people, uh, is gold an inflation or deflationary asset? They don't know. It's an emotional asset for sure. Just try to talk a gold bug out of his gold. I've seen people's lives just get sunk all of their wealth into a bet on gold at an old age when it's i've had some i've seen some crazy stories on this but uh we're going to talk about the logic of it or and the illogic of it i'm going to go back to the precursors of inflation or deflation and that takes us into the subject of why are we even talking about that like what is even the risk because i think today people are sensing something might be up something's around the corner and they want to know is there a frailty there's a lot of conflicting signals right now america seems to be strong the dollar is strong uh the dollar uh it seems like you know unemployment is really low 
So when unemployment is low, people have jobs, they're working, they're buying stuff, we're a consumer-based economy. We seem to have nothing to worry about. Well, maybe it's the globe. Maybe it's the, 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 the tariff wars and all of this stuff going on. So it's really weird because I think the feedback I get a lot of times is that people have a sense that something is frail or something's about to blow and they don't know what it is and they don't know why. And they're trying to, we're going to look at that today. We're going to look at what happened in 08 versus what happens now and what's similar and what's different about it. Now, uh, I have a great giveaway today that um, is going to tell me whether this subject is of interest to you. And we're going to help you a lot on this subject. I have, let's see, I've got at least three things I'm giving away. And I want to give you the number early so you can have that available. So while you're listening to the phone, you finally decide, I'd like to know more about this. You should have the phone number ready because I can't always give it out every five minutes. And it's hard to time a show like this and know how long I can talk before I go back to telling people to call in, call to actions an important part of the show. So it's all, it's all, uh, I'm winging it today, buddy. So look, here's the thing. Uh, here's what we're going to give away to callers that call 844-789-7234. That's 844-789-7234. That also spells S, uh, 844-STW-RADIO for Straight Talk Wealth, STW. So 844-STW-RADIO would be another way to call it or 844-789-7234. Everybody that calls today is going to get a CD of my complete interview with Harry S. Dent uh, where he basically gets into what he calls the great gold bust ahead. Now, it's kind of interesting because he made some predictions like his his the discussion we had, I think, was very sound on the fundamentals. And this is the problem that I have with Harry Dent. I actually think he's very sound on so many fundamentals. But the problem is, is that you can't say necessarily if there's a frailty when it's going to blow and he tries to predict timing sometimes and i think he gets himself in trouble so he said that we would already have a great gold bust by now and we didn't but the factors of debt and again i'm going to tell you we're going to get into today the fact that global debt is what people are worried about in other words the reason you think something might be up but you don't know what it is is having to do with the principle that debt works Debt keeps economies going, low interest rates keep things buildings, keep stock markets climbing, getting free and easy money from central banks works really, really well, as we've seen for the last decade plus, until it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, it is the, the apocalypse. You can issue debt forever as long you, I could give you a credit card. And if you can't pay it, I could give you another credit card and another credit card. And if you can't pay your credit cards, it works forever to just give you more credit until it doesn't work. And then lights are out. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. So uh, the, this is where it goes back to the fundamentals we're looking at are still important to be thinking about and whether we're going to get through this or whether there's going to be some sort of deleveraging and deleveraging means you're BK. When you deleverage, you no longer have the debt, but the people that were expecting to get paid on the debt get crushed. So this is why the banks in 2008 that were holding homes that wound up eventually being worth less than the mortgage got crushed because they were holding debt. They expected to get paid. And when they discovered they didn't, 
the entire spiral came down and and uh paulson tre treasury secretary paulson goes in front of congress and says if we don't find 800 billion dollars tonight folks there won't be an economy monday morning that's the story of debt works until it doesn't so to help you understand that and and by the way i'll still bet that most of you gold bugs don't actually know what side of that equation gold works on does it work before the debt breaks does it work after the debt breaks or does it work after the debt fails and i'm going to help you with that and one of the misunderstandings is you've got to differentiate between private sector debt and government debt because there's a sequence of events that begins to happen and all of that plays into why gold actually falls before it climbs again and in 2008 when we had the great recession and debt was breaking left to right the price of gold plummeted it fell i think 30 percent it wasn't until the money printing that happened to get us out of that hole did people start to worry that we were devaluing currency and you don't see that today by the way that we're uh basically overprinting money and we're gonna have hyperinflation and that's what triggered the gold boom so gold is an inflationary uh asset and we'll get more into that it's not deflationary but i'm gonna help you understand all of that and by the way i keep talking about the giveaway let's go back to the giveaway 844-789-7234 i have some great materials that will help you understand that we're going to give you the full cd version as long as i have some left in the box of my interview that you're going to hear today with harry s dent called the great gold bust ahead how to survive the great gold bust ahead. You're gonna get my very, I, I'm very proud of this report. Now it's a few years old, and even some of the things that I looked at, some of the benchmarks I was looking at for events to occur, when they might occur, when they would be telltale, they've kind of come and gone, but the soundness of the basics in this report, I'm very, very proud of. It is written so a high school sophomore can understand it. The report is inflation or deflation, question mark. America's monetary system in crisis and how to plan for it. And that is what I'm very proud of in this report, because once I break it down in this report, whether we're going to have inflation or deflation or how they're just different, I can't even tell you exactly what's around the corner, but you need to understand both of them. I give you a solution in a portfolio for basically being able to plan for either one of them to protect a portfolio from either inflation or deflation. You'll get both of those when you call 844-789-7234, 844-789-7234. You'll get Harry, my full, the CD of my full interview with Harry Dent. You won't get to hear all of it today on the Great Gold Bust Ahead. You will get my report on inflation or deflation, America's monetary system in crisis, and how to plan for it. And listen, in this show, I just want to address this issue because I truly believe it's the most important issue that all of us are going to face in the 2020s. It is an issue that goes to the very heart of financial planning is whether or not there's going to be a change, whether things are going to continue as they were. And we can just complacently say, look, you know, if Trump's around. Trump saves everybody, you know, and I, I'm not pulling my support for the man. But the point is. He's not God, and he doesn't single-handedly make economies. And if the whole world economy is so great in debt that it can't be serviced, he might not be able to single-handedly alone change the course of that. The issue we're talking about is whether our personally accumulated, personally accumulation, what you and I hold 
has that has value equivalent in some way to U.S. dollars, whether it will become even more valuable as a global currency, the dollar, in the foreseeable future, stronger, or in fact is going to become altogether worthless as a monetary system by the end of the decade. So this is important. You could buy all of the stocks and mutual funds that you want in the 2020s. You could buy all the best foreclosure real estate. You could stock up with piles and piles of all the gold and silver you want. But I'm telling you, if you call this shot wrong, inflation or deflation, your plans could all be for naught. That's why you need to listen to the show today. That's why you need not only the, and I'm going to give you the articles. Now, I've got three important articles. We're going to link those, send you the links to those as well. So you're going to get the CD of, of me and Harry Dent discussing all of this and the great gold bus and its its relationship to gold. You're going to get uh, my report on inflation or deflation, America's monetary system in crisis and how to plan for it. And I have three important articles. I have one here from uh, the International Monetary Fund blog called New Data on Global Debt. And it was published in January of this year, but I think there's some relevant pieces. A very relevant uh, article that was posted in July of 2018 when the tariff war started. And again, you know, it's great sometimes just to have these articles to see what chaos was predicted. And it doesn't create an, a total invalidation of the fundamentals or the data if what it was saying didn't happen when it happened. But it's interesting to get these things in perspective. So sometimes I like to get articles that are year old. And just if everything they said didn't come true, it's not a total invalidation of the data. This is a Washington Post article by Robert Samuelson from July of 2018 called the $247 trillion global debt bomb. The 247, if you think something's up, if you think maybe it is what, debt is the hidden thing in the closet. Debt is whether the world blows up or continues on. Debt nourishes economies when it's issued. It creates more money and more wealth, but it has to be paid back. And when it's failed to be paid back, it crushes the holders of debt and it crushes economies. And typically the private sector gets crushed. And in order to hold their civilization together, the public sector will absorb bad debt. And that's why we now have a debt that's out of control. The sequence is it's issued in the private sector first to bad lend to bad loans, even though they look great when it's going on. The economy is doing wonderful. But if it turns and those loans can't be paid, the banking se sector fails and governments pick it up. And so the debt transfers from the private sector to the public sector. So we're going to look at all of that in my talk with Harry Dent today. And it's covered in this article by the Washington Post, which we're going to go through today, called the $247 trillion global debt bomb. And another one from the uh, Internet National Monetary Fund. Let's see, did I highlight some of this? I thought was relative. Um, I'm going to send it to you anyway. You can determine if it's relative. It's called Chart of the Week. And it's actually from October 2019. Uh, no, 2018. Okay. All right. So it's about a year old. It's the Chart of the Week. Government and debt is not the whole story. 
look at the assets. So uh, it is a tempering article. It kind of tempers like, don't freak out about so much debt if there's tons of assets. Now, you've whole, heard me, and we're going to get him back on the uh, show sometime. You've heard me talk with Logan Motoshami, who is, uh, a, I think, a very respected economist down Orange County. He's not worried about debt. He feels like the asset base that we borrow against is so huge and so great that we can service the debt for a long time to come. So we always try to bring all sides of the issues to the uh, table. But anyway, let's let's dive into this a little bit. Um, I want to talk about the precursors. I want to go into the interview. Actually, I want to read some of the articles. Then we'll do the interview in the second half of the show. But again, if you want a great info kit on all of this, call 844-789-7234. 844-789-7234. This is all for no cost, no obligation. You, you know, you have to leave your contact information. Uh, I need an email address to send the articles to you, which includes chart of the week. Government debt is not the whole story by the International Monetary Fund. New data on global debt by the International Monetary Fund. And from the Washington Post, $247 trillion global debt bomb. You'll get those articles. You'll get my full CD of my full interview with Harry S. Dent on the great gold bust ahead. And you will also get my report called Inflation or Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis, and how to plan for it. And in that report, you will see how to cover a portfolio for either inflation or deflation in a single portfolio. All right. So let's go back to what people are freaking out about, what they're so worried about. I mean, let's look at the good side of at least the American economy and uh, we'll try to get more guests on to go into all of these things. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm going to digress one more minute. We've got some great stuff going on on the website. We're trying to get more and more of these stories posted. I've been working heavily on the blog, so the blog is readable. When you go in, you learn something new. There's usually an offer to get something more educational on it. Our website is straighttalkwealth.com because this is Straight Talk Wealth Radio. Straighttalkwealth.com. I invite you to start going there more. Yes, there's some places that are some dead ends. We are beginning to populate the website more and more. But check out the blog. I've been doing a lot of work on that. This story of inflation and deflation is one of the lead articles on the blog. There's some great stories about planning, about lazy money, and why interest rates are so low, and how to not get killed by low interest rates in the environment that we're in. Uh, and there's lots of other stories that we're building. We're trying to take everything we put on the radio and have a written article and uh, some of the source material that I compile my stories with is actually on the website as well. So straighttalkwealth.com is another place to get all of this. And I can't remember why I so urgently jumped into that, but I did want to mention it for sure. So let's talk about the... Um, Let's talk about where all of this starts. And it has with to do with the debt levels around the world. So let's take this article first just from... Uh, the International Monetary Fund, and this article came out in January of 2019, and it said, until recently, we had a partial view of global debt. Our new update to the International Monetary Fund Global Debt Database, first made public in May 2018, now fills in even more gaps. And I'm just going to read you some highlights. I'll send you the whole article when you call the number. He says, from these data, we have gathered a few new insights on debt. Bullet point. Global debt has reached an all-time high of $184 trillion in nominal terms. In other words, the straight dollar value uh, in American dollars 
although it's all currencies, but if you turn it into American dollars, borrowed money on planet Earth owed to somebody is 184 trillion trillion dollars that like that is something like stack of dollar bills going out to the planet pluto is probably about 184 trillion one of these days i'll go back to some of the uh, videos we played here on how much is a trillion dollars and it like stretches to the moon and back multiple times or something so Global debt has reached 184 trillion in nominal terms. Now that's the equivalent of 225% of gross domestic product in 2017. So the global debt is 225 times what the planet actually produces in a year. So how sustainable is that in your household? Take what you earn in a year and borrow 225 times that because that's the situation the global economy is in says on average the world's debt now exceeds $86,000 in per capita terms which is more than two and a half times the average income per capita yeah yeah it's more than two and a half times I don't even believe that that's impossible because the average Westerner maybe makes $50,000 maybe 48,000 or something. So that's a little less than uh, 2X, the average Westerner. But in the world, how many people make nothing? In third world countries, how many people make little or nothing? And uh, anyway, everybody on the planet, everybody on the planet owes $86,000 if we were to pay off all global debt. Now, again, there's economists that tell you we don't need to. Debt is debt in of itself. Money goes into circulation by creating debt. Debt is always going to be there. Mr. Motoshami is going to tell you that if you think $22 trillion of American government debt, that's only government debt, the private sector debt, people owing money to lenders in the United States is much greater than what the government owes. It's much greater. One of the reasons in 2008 that the U.S. debt began to grow so much was because the private sector debt that banks had loaned against all of the homes in the country, the real estate bubble that sucked the whole country and the world into it, and all the derivatives off the real estate bubble, all the things that grew from the real estate bubble all collapsed, and the people that were expecting to get paid were never going to get paid. The government saved the country i guess you could say there's other points of view that they should have let all of it break it should have washed out and we would have had a world without all this debt and we would have recovered from it but instead they sucked up and inherited the debt and that's why there's so many extra trillions Uh, i mean weren't we at like 10 trillion back then now we're at 22 trillion plus so we've doubled the government debt But anyway, it was just saying how much it was on the planet. Uh, The other bullet point, the most indebted economies in the world. Now, this is kind of an uplifting thing. It's kind of good news on it. The most indebted economies in the world are also the richer ones. You can explore this more in the interactive chart below. By the way, when I send you the link to this article, there is a really cool interactive moving chart that shows you. I think it breaks it down into 
three different charts on who owes what on the planet. Yeah, we've got the advanced economy. It's a really cool kind of bubble chart. It shows you how much they owe and, and how far out into their debt to gross domestic product ratio that debt is. So you see on this chart how much is the debt and how deep into their GDP is that debt. And it's broken up to advanced economies, emerging markets, and uh, little baby guys. Okay, so uh, great article on that, and uh, you can see that. So they just say that the biggest debt is owned by the biggest countries. That makes sense. Next bubble, a uh, bullet point. The private sector's debt has tripled since 1950. Okay, well, I'm sure the economies have too. If they're talking about debt to GDP, that would be another matter. If it's just nominal, then the whole world economy is more than tripled since 1950. But this makes it the driving force behind global debt, private sector debt. Okay. So what they're saying is the private sector debt is the driving force behind global sector debt, not necessarily government debt. Another change since the global financial crisis has been the rise in private debt in emerging markets. Yes. Yeah, since 2008, emerging markets have gone much deeper into debt. The article goes on, led by China, overtaking advanced economies. At the other end of the spectrum, private debt has remained very low in low-income developing countries. All right, so what we've got is emerging markets, countries that are coming into being, like China and India, have taken on much greater debt. The little baby countries have not taken on as much, is what they're saying. Uh, anyway, the article goes on. There's some great other stuff. We're going to send you this link to this article when you call 844-789-7234, 844-789-7234. Uh, new data on global debt from the National Monetary Fund. Uh, it talks about advanced economies, emerging market economies, low developing co company uh, co countries. And it kind of summarizes at the end. So as we close the first decade after the global financial crisis, the legacy of excessive debt still looms large. Okay, that's it on the article from the uh, Monetary Fund. Now, that's just facts. That's just facts and figures. They really don't tell you good, bad, be careful, don't worry, be happy. Um, it's just the fact of how much debt is floating around the planet. Now, this is... Uh, the Washington Post in July 2018 by Robert Samuelson. Now, right off, I see a discrepancy on this, and this is interesting. This is why you should listen to my show, because I try, try to break it down. Um, IMF says there's $184 trillion of no, in global debt in nominal terms. Samuelson's article says the $247 trillion global debt bomb <laughs> what's a hundred trillion dollars you know give or take anyway let's read up on samuelson because he expresses a very stark opinion the untold story of the world economy so far at least is the potentially explosive interaction between the spreading trade war and the overhang of global debt estimated at a staggering 247 trillion that's trillion with a t the numbers are so large as to be almost incomprehensible households businesses and governments borrow on the assumption that they will service their debts either by paying the principal and interest or by rolling over the debts into new loans but this only works this works only if incomes grow fast enough to make the debts bearable or to justify new loans when those ingredients go missing delinquencies defaults and at worst panics 
follow. Here's where the trade war and debt may intersect disastrously. Disastrously. Since 2003, global debt has soared. As a share of the world economy gross domestic product, the increase went from 248% of gross domestic product to 318%. In the first quarter of 2018 alone, global debt rose by a huge $8 trillion. The figures include all major countries and most types of debt, consumer debt, business debt, and government debt. Now, time out for a minute. In case this is just boring economics to you, I'm going to come back in a minute and circle back and tell you what this means to you, because it is actually very, 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 very important to people that are getting close to retirement, because you better hope global debt doesn't break in your early part of your retirement. You better hope that your portfolio is protected from what could occur, but yet can flourish if it doesn't occur. You've got to be prepared for both sides of this. The risks are huge, but the actual likelihood is very undetermined, very undetermined. And so you've got to be prepared. And the reason I brought this topic to the radio today is a number of people I see that are complacent. They have been in my office. They are still thinking that because the last decade's been good, it's going to continue to be good. And it may, but when you're close to retirement, you are coming out of an an accumulation phase an accumulation phase is where you're saving money you're adding money and you're putting money away so if it falls back a little bit you're going to put more in you've got plenty of time to let markets recover but as you get closer to retirement you are in what's called the retirement red zone you must get into a preservation mode and and for several reasons that we've covered on the show, but one is one little setback that is one or two years before your retirement or a few years after your retirement will totally throw off your predictability and your planning. Because when you're close to retirement, you're looking 30 years into the future and setting a course that you can't adjust anymore because you won't be working. It's gotta work. So you have to go into that preservation mode. That's why this subject's so important, by the way, if you didn't know why I was going on a rant about economics. Okay, so Robert Samuelson of the Washington Post goes on, he says, but to service these debts requires rising incomes, while an expanding trade war threatens to squeeze incomes. The result, excuse me, the resort to more tariffs and trade restrictions will make it harder for borrowers to pay their debts. At best, this could slow down the global economy. At worst, it could trigger another financial crisis. Note that the danger is worldwide. It's not specific only to the United States. So he goes on a little bit, breaks that down, and uh, let's go into where he summarizes. Debt can either stimulate or retard economic growth, depending on circumstances. Now we're approaching a turning point. According to Hung Tran, the Institute of International Finance's Executive Managing Director. If debt growth is not sustainable, as Tran believes, now lending will slow or stop. So if we can't sustain the debt, the creditors are not going to keep issuing it out. Borrowers will have to devote more of their cash flow to servicing debt. See, this gets into the story debt works until it doesn't. 
At a briefing, Tran described the change this way. We had a Goldilocks economy with decent economic growth. Inflation was nowhere to be seen, allowing central banks, the Federal Reserve, European Central Bank, to be more accommodative, keeping interest rates low. You could always roll over your debt. Roll it over means roll it into another debt. However, the probability of this continuing is much less now. Trade tensions are on the rise. And this has already impacted business confidence and the willingness to invest. Okay, so there you go. So now here's what I want to just talk to you straight into the mic about. So this is what you've got to understand when we are worried, when the economy looks so good and it it could well be. There's many factors of demographics, low unemployment. If we keep it easy to do business, in a way, what we can do is we can make it payable to service these debts. We can have an economy that's strong enough to service the debts. But that's the elephant in the room. That's the big question. If it remains serviceable, then you have nothing to worry about. Markets will continue. They could be volatile and there could be ups and downs. But the thing we're close to the edge on is the markets worry that the minute things slow down, debt won't be serviceable around the globe. And if debt doesn't become serviceable, it gets to be a very quickly dwindling spiral. Once people realize they're not getting paid and it depends on how far it spreads. So again, not saying it has to happen, but that's the, if you think the markets are excitable or they're volatile, underneath it, it is the debt levels that must be sustained that make all these global incidents so dramatic because someone's not gonna be able to pay debts. And that guy owes me a lot of money and I owe him a lot of money and our government owes these people and they owe us and all this owing is not gonna get paid back and boom, that's the other side of it. That's just why it's volatile. So I wanna discuss well, if, if it doesn't happen, markets could continue to rise slowly or quickly. They'll continue to rise. You want to take advantage of that if you can. You don't want to be left on the sidelines thinking that you're all in cash because, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you don't want to be lose out. But if it fails... What happens is it, it's deflationary. Deflation happens when people thought they had something of value and they don't. It's gone. I'm holding these notes. Somebody owes me a trillion dollars. They're not going to pay. I don't have money anymore. And if you have goods and you're trying to bring them around here, I ain't buying because I ain't got money. And what happened in 2008 was nobody had money and prices deflated. So you saw real estate dump. Great. If you have money, cash is king in deflation. You don't want to hold assets. Assets fall. If you were holding homes in 2008 when debt broke and it was deflationary, you got killed. And if you go back and you look at the charts, gold got killed until the Fed said, I'm going to print like mad to replace all the broken debt. The government absorbed the debt, printed like mad, and it scared inflationists thinking we're going to go hyper. The, the deflationary pressures were so great that all the money printing actually didn't turn us into hyperinflation. So there's still inflation worries, and that's kind of the high and low of it. But the bottom line is, it is the money printing 
If you want to know why is the Fed print so much money? Why are they doing this? Why are they holding interest rates so low? They're worried that if they don't, we will have a deflationary crash. So they're trying to inflate against deflationary pressures. So if you don't solve the puzzle and go back to what is the boogeyman in the closet that has got the Fed so scared that he's got to print money and drop interest rates, then you haven't solved the big picture. The boogeyman will come out of the closet before there's another acceleration of money printing. And if you're holding assets because you believe the assets are going to grow in value and this does come to a bust, that's not what's going to happen first. What happens first is all assets will fall in price. That's deflationary. There's no dollars around. People that thought they had dollars don't have them. They can't buy stuff. Prices crash. People lose their jobs. Businesses fail. That's what happened in the Great Depression. That's what happened in 2008. Deflation happens before inflation picks up when it's because of when debt fails. Okay? So, now, you should know all of this. You should be informed in all of this. And in a minute, I'm going to go into gold and, the, and, and why gold isn't necessarily a solve-all in this situation. But call this number, and we have a great kit for you. The number is 844-789-7234, 844-789-7234. You're going to get the entire, and I'm uh, down to here to almost the end of the show, so I'm going to play you just a little bit of the interview with Harry Dent on the great gold bust ahead, but you're gonna learn that gold is an inflationary asset. Now, if things just keep rising, it could be good to hold gold, but I wouldn't bet your whole life in it because if if we get in the deflationary spin, you're gonna be holding that gold a long time before it comes back up. And you know, gold today is still about at a price where it was in 1979 when we had a prior gold bubble. So if you look at the chart, it sh long term shoots up into a bubble, it falls. It is shot up again, looks like on the chart, another bubble, and it's starting to teeter off. The question is whether this is a trend or another bubble, and you need to be prepared, be prepared for both. So we're going to help you with that by giving you the report, Inflation or Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis, and how to plan for it. You better know how to work with both sides of the equation. You can have that report when you call 844-789-7233. 844-789-7234, 844-789-7234, which you'll also get the great gold bust ahead. And we will send you links to these three articles I just read, the $247 trillion global debt bomb, uh, the uh, new data on global debt, two articles by the International Monetary Fund. We'll send you those articles. This will be a very good way to start getting your wits wrapped around what it means to your portfolio and where your net worth is going if we have inflation or deflation how to plan for both okay now uh, i'm going to start right off with harry dent on a conversation we had a few years ago but very relevant still today because i keep seeing people that make a religion out of gold and you can't talk too much so we start our conversation out on that basis in a little bit we'll get more into what is gold inflationary deflationary how does it fit into that but let's talk first about why people even hold it so we just discussed on air here uh your idea that really people are taking the wrong advice in the wrong direction on this subject of gold and you write in the uh 
chapter on the emotion of gold, you write, even worse, these poor emotional guys believe it's a good idea to buy even more gold or gold stocks and ETFs. When they see these prices, they're already falling. And what they should be doing is unloading their gold to minimize their losses. Irrational love for any investment is a one-way ticket to the poorhouse. Why is this subject of gold investment such an emotional subject to discuss with gold investors? Well, yeah, it's almost like it's an ideology or religion. Like, gold is the one thing that's true. It's the one thing that will protect you no matter what. And that's just not true. Um, number one, gold is a non-appreciating asset when you adjust for inflation. I mean, this analysis goes all the way back to the 1700s. You adjust for inflation, gold does not go up. And the same is true for real estate. But real estate, you can rent out and get income from, and gold you can't. So it's not a good investment long-term, as people think gold always goes up. We've just lived in a lifetime of unprecedented inflation. And the baby boomers created that inflation by, the, by our incredible cost of entering the workforce and, and all the growth we've caused. But that's not typical over time. Gold is an incredibly good inflation hedge. It's the best inflation hedge, and that's why it did so well. It was probably the number one investment, you know, from the late 60s into 1980, where commodity prices went up and gold went up and inflation went to unprecedented levels. But stocks and bonds and most investments went down. So you have to understand, every investment has its season. Stocks don't always do good. Yeah, they do well in the long term, and they are an appreciating asset adjusted for inflation, uh, unlike gold. But gold's just got this ideology that it's like God. You know, God's going to protect you. God's going to be there when you need it. And gold is the one thing governments can't destroy. Well, they've already destroyed it, and, and gold went up. Um, in the initial, you know, uh, after uh, early 2008. Yeah. I mean, actually late 2008, because of all the money printing, and everybody assumed, oh, money printing's going to create inflation. Well, that's wrong. We're, we're in a deflationary era, which I've been predicting for decades, that this bubble boom and bubble and debt bubble would turn into a deflationary bust, not an inflationary bust like the 70s, but a deflationary depression like the 1930s. And that is not what gold is made for. Gold is a great inflation hedge. So, so it, it's not the right season for gold, and there will be another great gold boom um, when we get through this winter season, I call it, and the next commodity cycle turns up. But the commodity cycle's down, the demographic cycles are down around the world, and debt and money and wealth has to deleverage, and that is not going to be good for gold. Gold is a bubble, and that's why somebody would say, oh, it's already fallen 40 to 50%. What a, what a great bargain. No, when bubbles burst, they usually have to fall 70 to 80%, and then you buy long-term again. Gold's not there yet. Yeah, I suppose that anybody who is invested in a bubble starts to get emotional about it. I mean, you know, it's interesting when we talk about real estate today. I, I know that there's a lot of homeowners, and I've just successfully, I think, sold my house at the top of the market. But during the bubble, during the bubble, when everybody was deep and everybody was getting rich off it, you could not shake someone that there wasn't going to be a real estate fallout. And they'd, they'd murder you for the suggestion. So is the emotion of this just because when people get so invested in a bubble, they have so much to lose, they just want it they just have to go into denial yeah that's true of every bubble bubble is a free lunch when things go from normal growth to oh it's just going up because it's going up and, and everybody's piling in because it's going up and people are getting um abnormal returns for nothing their house is going up 10 to 15 percent a year instead of three percent along with inflation you know stocks are going up 20 25 percent a year instead of the normal seven to ten or something like that or seven percent adjusted for inflation so yeah nobody wants that to end it's a high it's like everybody's getting rich why would anybody want that to end so yes we do go in denial but i found that in particular i can talk people 
or, or out of out of a normal commodity bubble or stock bubble. <laughs> Real estate and gold have an emotional quality. Real estate is something people love. You can use it, other than unlike stocks, and then you can improve it. And, and you know, you've got a house, and everybody's supposed to have a house, and then it's even, even better to have a vacation home and some rental properties. And gold has that ideology. It's the one thing that's always true. It is like God. And that, that's, I cannot talk people out of gold, and I cannot talk them out of real estate. Only my ex-wife sold her real estate back in 2006, seven. She's the only one that listened to me. I told hundreds of people to, to sell, especially condos in Miami or, or vacation homes in California. stuff. Nobody listened. Not a single person except my ex-wife. I got it. Hey, uh, this is Bruce Whitey. I'm your host. We were listening to Straight Talk Wealth Radio heard every Saturday morning on News Talk 1590 KVTA. Now, here's the thing that I want you to understand and, and just ask yourself this if you're a gold bug or ask any gold bug that you know when when like what's pushing the price up and they're going to get into the global debt scene. They're going to get into the failure that that the dollars are worthless. That that there's so much debt in the world. We we're we're making dollars worthless, and the government's going to bust. And we're going to talk about that in a minute with Harry too. So, but the first thing that happened is the private sector busts. When the private sector busts, as we saw in 2008, no one can get money for nothing. No one's getting paid nothing on what they're owned. And, and the definition of inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. And so the goods go way up. Deflation is no dollars around and people are trying to sell goods and prices go down. Assets, commodities go down. Cash is king. So when debts break, that's a deflationary event. It takes money out of the system. It is only when governments start to print to try to get out of it or inherit the debt that the concern about, whoa, too much printing going on creates the inflation. So gold bugs are right that to be worried about global debt as the reason they're holding gold. But what they don't understand is they're going to go be going through the downside of that gold deflation as an asset with everything else before the upside turns around. And that's very concerning to me when I see people in their 60s and 70s leaning on gold as a religion, as we just talked about, when we haven't gotten through the deflationary side to get to the inflationary. My suggestion would be if you love gold as a religion, you sit on your cash, you wait for the global debt to bust, and when it busts and the price of gold goes down to the bottom with it, and we know governments are going to try to inflate their way out of that, then you'll see it go. Now, maybe they think they're going to inflate their way out of it before it breaks. And I suppose there's an argument on that. But the real doomsday is going to be if it breaks. Gold is a doomsday asset, but you got to be on the right side of that doomsday. So let's pick up on that. First of all, uh, call this number and get the great kit. You'll get this entire interview. It's about an hour long with Harry. I'm only giving you some excerpts on it. When you call 844-789-7234, 844-789-7234 gets you the complete interview on a CD disc from Harry S. Dent and me on the great gold bust ahead. You'll also get my uh, 45-page report illustrated so a high school sophomore can understand it. It's entitled Inflation or Deflation? Question mark. 
America's monetary system in crisis and how to plan for it. And you'll be amazed. I haven't covered this on the air in this discussion, but in the booklet hidden in there is a uh, solution. It's it's basically a, a way in a single portfolio to plan for both events, inflation and deflation. And it's not typically what you're seeing, but I think it's an extremely sound solution because I've spent a lot of time researching this issue over the last decade and seeing what holds up. Because the first question you got to ask is the whole world falls apart when debt breaks. Who's left standing? Banks aren't left standing because they're the lo- people that are loaning. They collapse if governments don't pull them out. So what's left standing to keep money safe? Won't stay safe in real estate because prices will be falling. Won't stay safe in hard assets. Prices will be falling. So where do you keep your dollars that they're safe when the banks are failing because they loaned into the bubbles? Great question. You'll find out when you get my report called Inflation or Deflation, America's Monetary System in Crisis and How to Plan for It. And the number for that is 844-789-7234-844-789-7234-844-789-7234. Call now. Voicemails are waiting your call. Oh, wait. I'm supposed to say live operators. No, it goes to a voicemail. You'll leave your message. Uh, but hey, you know... Um, do it now before you forget. 844-789-7234. I try to give you the real deal on this show, folks. I don't want to put up any, uh, don't pay attention to that man behind the curtain. Hey, I'll also send you the link to these uh, articles by the International International Monetary Fund, new data on global debt. And I will send you the link to this article in the Washington Post on the $247 trillion global debt bomb. And real quickly, I do want to let you know that uh, there are several segments here that we talked about that I have labeled on my hard drive that are part of the CD. So you're not going to hear how this will all be deflation in the end. That's segment two. You're not going to hear segment three, where's the bubble and what are the triggers? You're not going to hear segment four, how bubble, you're going to hear them on the CD. When you call 844-789-7234, 844-789-7234, slow down, Bruce, but I can't play him today. Segment four is how bubbles go systemic with debt, how a bubble becomes just ridden with debt. A gold and commodity cycle. We discuss gold as a commodity, just as a, a a thing that's used as a metal and commodity. What's its value there? It's quote unquote inherent value. And um, where gold prices are headed, we won't discuss today. I'm going to go to segment seven, which is will the U.S. default on its debt? or break the dollar. The dollar is really strong right now, but all this global debt and everybody's talking about the government, the government debt is the one that has to break to make gold valuable. You see, the private sector debt will wash out gold because prices will fall on everything because nobody's got money. But if the government sector breaks and the dollar fails, that's where the gold bugs will get wealthy. So I wanted to ask about that specific part The rest of it, you'll have to listen to the CD when you call 844-789-7234, 844-789-7234. But let's end the show here talking about will the U.S. default on its debt and break the dollar? 
let me just ask you this. this it's almost a little redundant to the conversation we've already had, but I just want to take this point and maybe just crystallize it a little bit more. So you say the dollar is a better investment than gold, but we're killing the dollar. And I guess this is the real linchpin about the dollar peoples. You and I have had this conversation before, which is that these government, you know, the, the debt that we discussed earlier around the globe, there's a private sector portion of that and there's a government sector portion of that. And it is the private sector that far outweighs how in debt the government is, which is why you feel that once it, it dissipates, once it busts, the governments won't be able to print money fast enough to fill that private sector bubble. Am I right? Also, increases in government deficits, which will happen in a downturn, will not compare to the deleveraging debt in the private sector, which is three to four times the size of the government sector. So, yes, you got to have your eyes in the private sector. In the 30s, private sector debt, I mean, total debt went from 180% to 60% of GDP, huge deleveraging. Government debt went up as a result of that, but government debt went down after the crisis because we came in such a strong economy in the fifties and sixties, and governments got enough in debt that they got a more frugal nature after seeing the, the great downturn. We weren't in bubble land anymore, so mm-hmm. you know that, that budget got balanced down the road. But so government debt is not going to go down in a downturn; it's only going to go up. But private debt, I, I, I'm estimating, Bruce, at a minimum, and I'm serious about this. This is a minimum: a hundred trillion dollars. Out of about three hundred trillion in total stock equity and all debt, financial assets basically, out of at least a hundred trillion dollars is going to disappear and not come back for a long time, and that's going to cause deflation. In other words, governments would have to print a hundred trillion dollars in QE collectively to offset that. Do you think that's going to happen? Mario Draghi is even backing off of increasing right now. He's been the biggest gun. <laughs> Wow. But so let me ask you this, though. What happens when the governments finally when this when the private sector fails and we're in the middle of a Great Depression and there's no business to be had and there's no liquidity and there's no employment. And so there's no tax base. What happens when governments can't pay their debt? How can that not be destructive to a currency to hit the first time in our 200 some odd year history that the United States is not going to pay its bonds? How can that not destroy a currency? I'm not sure we won't pay our bonds. We may stretch them out and do some other things. But number one point, there will be countries that will default on their debt. Already in Southern Europe, and there's going to be way more in a lot of emerging countries who are not as stable as us and then have far more debt than they should have. This debt thing happens everywhere. The second point that people got to get, people think currencies are like stocks or something. Or No, currencies trade relative to each other. Who's printing the most money right now in the world? Relatively, it's Japan and China. China's using different methods, but those are the big money printers. And then Europe. Europe's come back and printing. The United States is not printing money since late 2014. That's why the dollar's been edging up. When we have a global crisis, I've already measured this. I just don't remember the exact figure. There are like 40-50% more U.S. dollars and U.S. dollar-denominated debt around the world than there are euros, and, there's, and, and the yen doesn't even come close, and China not even... Uh, of footnote. So when all this debt leverages, there's going to be far more dollars destroyed than euros, than yen, than Chinese yuan, and that's why our dollar will do the best. The fewer dollars there are in the world, the more they will be worth compared to the country and our assets and everything else. So people don't get that, but we're the best house in a bad neighborhood. That's all. So, so that's the answer to the government. Currencies are going to go to zero. Yeah, a banana republic or Greece could go to zero. There's no way the largest countries in the world, U.S. and Europe, could see their currencies go to zero. And if anybody's going to get their ass kicked, it's going to be Europe and Japan. Yeah. So that's the answer to the dollar destruction. I mean, we have one, governments are too deep all over the world 
but relative to uh, what the rest of the world the GDP is almost double ours. Europe has similar debt levels, except some countries are higher, like Great Britain, but they have far worse demographic trends than us, as does Japan. So we're still the best house in a developed country in a generally bad neighborhood, except for some smaller countries like Sweden or Australia or Switzerland. They're, they're better than us, but we're the best house in a bad neighborhood, and that's the way currencies trade, period. Hey, like I said earlier, you can buy all the stocks and all the mutual funds that you want in the 2020s. You can buy, or now going into the 2020s, you could buy all the best foreclosure real estate. You could stock up with piles and piles of all the gold and silver you want. But I'm telling you, if you call this shot wrong, inflation or deflation, your plans could be for naught. Get educated on this. It has everything to do with your future financial security and where you place your values and your funds. And get the report on inflation or deflation, America's monetary system in crisis, and how to plan for it. I'm not telling you it's around the corner. I'm not even telling you which way it'll go. I'm helping you understand it, and I'm helping you see how to put a portfolio together that could be impervious from both. You'll get that report when you call 844-789-7234, 844-789-7234. You'll get my entire interview with Harry S. Dent on the great gold bust ahead uh, on CD that you heard just two portions of. There's about seven total. When you call 844-789-7234, 844-789-7234, I will also email you the link to the Washington Post article, the $247 trillion global debt bomb the two imf articles on new data on global debt and the chart of the week government debt is not the whole story look at the assets uh, you'll get all of that great kit to understand how to get your arms around this and prepare for what's to come 844-789-7234 844-789-7234 go to our website straighttalkwealth.com straighttalkwealth.com and start reading up on some of the blog entries in the articles Get your information kit, 844-789-7234, 844-789-7234, 844-789-7234. See you next week. Content of Straight Talk Wealth Radio is for educational purposes only. Any discussion on financial products and their features is subject to change without notice. Consult your own tax, legal, or financial advisor as to your specific situation. Tax-free benefit specialist and insurance services, California license 0E48147.